Hello from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building. At Le Banks, St Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Before you this morning, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray that you might just speak to us this morning through your word that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be focused on you to hear you speaking to us Lord thank you Jesus Amen Amen there's lots of different things that happen to make Sunday services work yeah Lots of people doing different things behind the scenes and refreshments and this, that and the other. And I just want to apologise to Simon this morning because <laughs> Simon came to do the words this morning and I said, you know what, don't worry. I've done them. done them for you. I'm trying it out. I'm trying to get my head around the system. And then the very first song that we sung, I thought, I didn't put, I didn't put this one in the song plan. <laughs> so I'm very sorry. <laughs> Apologies as you sweat at the back there trying to find um, that particular song. That was my fault. But hey-ho, never mind. Right, I want to um, just start off. It is Vision Sunday today. It's been a bit of a vision week, really, because we were gathered together on Wednesday for our AGM, and I was sharing then about uh, some of the things that we see for the future of the church and where we want to go. Um, but I'm just going to reiterate a little bit of that this morning and just share a bit of, bit of my heart. So I'm going to kick start with a little video, if that's okay. Thank you. Show people 
buffaloes. They can spread it all around the world. Okay, come here, Mommy. I'll show her something. I'll show her something. Come here, Mommy. What is love? They're told by, ooh, told by children about what love is. Thank you for that. Um, so Vision Sunday today, really, it's all about love. It's got to be all about love. Um, I've got to tell you, I'm afraid, folks, and if you hadn't worked it out already, you do have quite a simple pastor, okay? I'm sorry. I am quite simple. I'm not really complicated, okay? And... I don't think that church really should be that complicated. Actually, church can be just quite simple. I don't think we were ever supposed to overcomplicate it. And so I suppose the vision for our church, or for any church really, I think should be quite simple and straightforward. And what I'm sharing today isn't anything new. It's nothing, you know, snazzy and out of the box. But really, it's just straight from the Bible. It's just biblical. And at the heart of this church has been, is, and continue, will continue to be love. And that's what should be really at the centre of Christianity, at the centre of our lives, and at the centre of us as a congregation. Love for God and love for others. And if we remember nothing more than love for God and love for others, then we will have grabbed the essence I think, of where I want us to go and what I want us to be about. Or that if people outside of Delancey Elim Church could mark us out and say, well, what are they known for? That we would be known for our love for God and our passion for God, but our love for others as well. And we've had that within our kind of mantra when we've talked about a passion for God and compassion for people. It's the same thing. It's about loving God and loving others. It's meant to be simple, The difficulty comes in doing it. (laughs) The difficulty comes in doing what some of those children were just saying about maybe not giving fish bread and peas, but whatever. But really living it, really living out our love for God, really living out our love for other people, whoever they are, not just the nice ones, okay, but whoever it is. That's the difficulty, isn't it? of really making that our whole life. And the difficulty of finding new ways, perhaps, to express to other people our love for them and new ways to kind of pursue God. And some of you and some of us here will have been in church for many, many years, okay? We've been here for a long time, not just necessarily in this church, but we've done church for a long time. And we know a lot. And we've seen a lot. And, you know, we've, we know a lot of things and we've done a lot of things before. But I guess what I'm asking today is that together we will come again together as a community and journey together to believe that the best is ahead of us. And that's nothing to do with because I'm here or nothing to do with the leadership team or nothing to do with a new strategy or a new plan. That's not why the best is ahead. No, the best is ahead because God always has more for us. God always wants to take us to greater things. If I thought that the best had already happened for Delancey, and we thought, oh, well, that's it, I think I'd struggle to get up in the morning. If we thought, well, that, you know, and 
there's been great times, but I think whatever, tomorrow we've always got to believe is going to be better than today. Because God has so much more that he wants to show us of himself, so much more that he wants to reveal to us. He wants to take us to deeper places, to see greater things, to do greater things in his name. So I believe that the best is ahead of us. And if that's the case, then that's quite exciting. Because Delancey Elam has been and is a great place to be. And lots of things have taken place in this church that have been amazing and incredible and life-transforming. I remember growing up, this was the place to be, yeah? This was what we were all envious of, Delancey. I was at Shiloh in the Baptists. I've moved, I've come away. (laughs) But we always used to talk about Delancey, so much so that I came to the youth group here because, you know, I wanted to mix with other youth. But that was what we did. And so Delancey have, you know, been and done a lot of great things and a lot of amazing times. And I have had the privilege of being here, which is unusual, but the privilege of being here for nine years and seeing amazing things and seeing great things and seeing great love. So if all of that has been great and the best is ahead of us, then that to me seems like it's quite exciting that God is going to take us further and deeper. So we're keeping it simple with our vision. We're keeping it biblical, okay? So, when you have your little document and you can look through, I'm not going to go into great detail on this, and actually I'm going to keep it brief this morning because we've got a lunch afterwards as well that we can share. But we outlined in the vision document a few statements about what we think or what we want to see for the church, okay? And here's a little list, okay? It talks about people being accepted, people being welcomed, and people being loved that we're marked out because people are like that. People are transformed by Christ. That people come and their lives are completely changed. But we are also completely changed as well. Even though we are on the journey of the Christian faith, we continue to be transformed. And we see baptisms take place as people are transformed. That people are marked out by whole life discipleship. That we have an understanding of what it means to be a disciple, not just on a Sunday, but right through our week. That we see everything that we do as a sacrifice, as a worship, as an act of worship towards God. So that ministry isn't about what we do here. Ministry is about what we do on Monday through to Saturday. That our workplace is our ministry. That people are baptised in the Holy Spirit. That we are baptised in the Holy Spirit and we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit being manifested. That people are released into areas of ministry. And every one of us has some sort of purpose and a sense of belonging. That we're united together as a fellowship of believers. And we are part of the fabric of the church's wider community out here of Guernsey on the island. That we're mission focused. That we we, uh, see a responsibility to be evangelistic. And we're confident in that. And we are internationally mission-minded. I'm not even sure if that's the correct phrase, but I'm going with it. We see the world and we know we're a part of it. And God wants us to reach out and give into the world. And so that's the vision. And I don't think anybody here would really go, you know what, I'm not really sure about that. I mean, it's not rocket science, is it? That's just what we want to see, the church being a healthy church, where we are growing disciples, passionate about God, passionate about other people, 
and that we are being transformed by the Spirit. And I think a vision has to come from the values that we hold. And I want to just reiterate our values of being this, love God, love others. It's kind of like what people would call a mission statement. That mission statement, it's for today, it's for the now, it's what we do. Every organisation, whatever you go to, whatever company, whatever brand, whatever it is, has a vision and a mission statement, doesn't it? And we all know some of them. But the vision speaks about the tomorrow. This is what we want to see. This is where we're going. This is what we want to see. We want to see people that are, are like this. This is what we want to see as a church. It's about the tomorrow. It's about the vision for the future. But the mission statement is about today. How are we going to do that? How are we going to become people like this in all areas of our lives? And the mission statement is, well, we're going to do this. We're going to love God and we're going to love others. That's what we're going to do. That's it. I've been thinking about mission statements and thinking about businesses and corporations and brands that have a mission statement. And I thought, you know what, let's have a little bit of fun and see if you can identify what these companies, organisations or brands are um, by their mission statement. So I'm going to put a mission statement on the board. Turn to the person next to you, have a little chat and see if you can come up with what this is actually trying to, which brand or which company or organisation it actually is. Okay. Can you even see that? that, Oh, yeah. Okay, so just have a chat amongst yourselves. I'm going to quickly just put them up, and then I'll give you the answers, okay? So, to create a better everyday life for the many people. Hmm. To be Earth's most customer-centric company, where customers can find and discover and something they might want to buy online and endeavours to offer its customers the lowest possible price. We're falling off the end here of the screen. To enrich people's lives with programmes and services that inform, educate and entertain. (laughs) To help people around the world plan and have the perfect trip. Oh, children groups now open. I'm not sure what that's... That's just the Lancey Elam. Bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. If you have a body, you are an athlete. That's nice, isn't it? Feel good? <laughs> to refresh the world, to inspire moments of optimism and happiness, to create values that make a difference. Establish, and that's the name of the company, as the premier purveyor of the finest coffee in the world whilst maintaining our uncompromising principles while we grow. To organise the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. I think there's one more. To give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. Do we think we know who those mission statements or what they belong to? Do you want to see the answers? Okay, this is the answer. Here you go. Oh, actually, some of them have fallen off the end there. Ikea, Amazon. The BBC is number three, by the way. You might have guessed that one. Coca-Cola. Starbucks. Google. Facebook. TripAdvisor. Okay. Did we manage to get those? 
some of them, some of them. Some of you are going, no, didn't get, didn't get any of it yet. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, every, like I said, everything, everyone, every organisation or band or whatever it is has this mission statement, don't they? It's what is, it's about there today. That's what they're doing today. And I want to have a look at this idea of love God and love others. So let's have a little look at the scriptures. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to this, but I've got it on the screen as well. In Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 31. But it's also in Luke as well. Same thing. It says this, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. You see, the scribe asks this question, well, what's the most important commandment? But he knew what it was. Because every Jew knew what the most important commandment was. Jesus knew the answer because Jesus was Jewish. He knew that the most important commandment was this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind. And that was found in Deuteronomy 6. And Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9, where Moses is speaking to the Israelites. And it's an important prayer, especially in um, the Jewish faith in Judaism. It's the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This first bit, so important, and it's so important to the Jews today, this, this prayer, this Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Shema means to listen, or to hear and do, to listen. It's the centrepiece of Jewish prayers. It's so important. It's something that children are taught to recite from the moment that they are able to speak. They are taught this prayer. It teaches that God is one that we are to resist idolatry, that we are to devote our lives to God alone, that he is our everything and should be our everything, that we don't give our allegiance to any other thing but God. He deserves our best. He deserves our total love. It's so important to the Jews that they actually do bind the Shema to themselves. And I've got a picture here to show you. You've probably seen this before, but... The Jews, when they pray, they wrap leather straps around them with boxes, leather boxes. It's called a tefillin. And it's wrapped around their arm and it's wrapped around their head because on their arm is the closest to their heart and on their head because it's their mind. And they're instructed to do this in this passage in Deuteronomy. It's so important to them that it's everything to them that they remind themselves. So in those little boxes, in the tefillin, you've got parchment and on it is written the Shema. So much so as well that they put it on their doorpost. And that little thing on, on, you can see there on the side of the door is called a mezuzah. And in that mezuzah is, again, the parchment, the shema. And it's put on the doorpost so as you enter the house, 
you know it's a Jewish house. It's marked out by their love for the Lord, that they will serve wholeheartedly with their mind, their strength, their body, everything. And they even put it on the doorposts within their house as well. It's not necessarily just as you enter in. So their whole atmosphere in that home is geared towards the idea that they will love God with everything that they are. It's everything. I wonder whether our homes are marked out in such a way. Not every Jewish home does this. Some of them see it, obviously, as more symbolically, but many do take it literally in that way. But love, of course, is is not just a feeling, is it? Love isn't just uh, an emotion, but love is an action. Love has to be about doing. It can't just be about what we say. Love is a word that demonstrates loyalty. It demonstrates faithfulness. And love for love to be love... How many times can you say love in a sentence? Has to have action behind it. I mean, if you're dating somebody or you're married to somebody or you, know, you have a partner in your life, you don't really want them just to say they love you all the time. I mean, that's nice. You do want to hear that, don't you? That they love you. That's, that's nice. But actually, if they don't show that, then the words are empty. If, if someone just keeps telling you they love you, but they never actually show that they love you or do anything, no action, then actually it sort of seems a bit empty. We need love to be proved. We need it to be shown. We need it to be displayed. We need it to be demonstrated to us. And it's the same with our love for God. You know, we can sing that we love God. We can profess that we love God. We can even spend a lot of time in God's presence telling him that we love him. But actually, if we don't do something, if we don't love others, if we don't show that love, then really, are we truly loving God? Do we know what it means to love God? It says in the Bible, in 1 John 4, this challenging verse, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. I think it's challenging, that verse. You know, that if we profess and say that we really love God and we've really got a hold of what that means, then we really will love other people, whoever they are. It's not always easy. Actually, it's sometimes very difficult. But we treat people in love. We treat people well. You know, when God truly has our hearts, we start to care about the things that God really does care about of justice and the poor and the widow and the hopelessness that invades people's lives and suffering and brokenness. Those are the things that, you know, are really on God's heart. And I think as we really understand our love for God, we understand God's heart and we get in line with God's heartbeat. The songs we sing in worship or the communion wine that we have, the coffee we serve or where our chairs are put, not so much. God's not so bothered about those things. What really matters to God is people, other people. And if we're going to be Christ followers and we're going to be in love with God and profess that, then we do have to be there for one another. And we do have to put our lives out for other people. And you can see this clearly in Deuteronomy, the passage I read 
and with Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. Because, you see, Moses has the Israelites gathered, and he talks to the Israelites, and he says to the Israelites, you know, the greatest commandment is this, is to love God with everything that you have. That's the greatest commandment. And then he goes on to lay out all these rules and all these regulations and all these rituals that the Israelites have to follow. But the laws that that he puts out are based on, on love for God. Primarily, those rules and regulations are to try and help the community live and and to live well and to live in an ordered way. It's not because they're going to gain brownie points with God. No, those rules and regulations are, look, the most important commandment is this, love God with all that you have. And Moses then goes, right, how are we going to do this? We're going to do it like this. And we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and whatever it is, and all the other 613 commandments that are there. But that's what Moses says, you know, if loving God is is everything, how are we going to do that? Well, this is what we do. This is how we're going to express our love to God. This is how we're going to demonstrate how much we love God. We're going to follow these different things. And it's the same with Jesus in Mark's Gospel. Because he says the greatest commandment is love God. Okay, and how are we going to demonstrate this? Okay, the second greatest commandment is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. That's how you demonstrate it. That's how you demonstrate your love for God. Love for God requires action. The Shema means to listen, to hear and do, to understand, consider. Allow the words to sink in and then do something with it. And when we realise that we can be a part of that, we can be a part of something, there's work to be done and we can be a part of God's plan, then we begin to see and hear and feel and be part of God's heartbeat. The Shema is a worship prayer of declaring that there's only one God and God is God alone. He is God. But it's also a worship prayer of commitment that we will demonstrate our love for others as well. When you think about it, ultimately, we have a big task ahead of us. Yeah? We've got a big task because we've been tasked with the mission of, you know, change the world. Go and change the world. Now, that's a big task. I find changing a light bulb difficult, okay? I find that pretty tricky. So going out and changing the world is a little bit bigger. It's no mean feat, isn't it? But we can be the change. Because although that seems like a massive task, actually, we can change people's lives. We can change people's situations. We can change what's going on. We can change the atmosphere just by the words we speak, just by the way we are with one another, just our attitude to each other, our approach. We can really be the change by just loving others. We don't have to do massive, massive, amazing, wonderful, you know, things like win a Nobel Peace Prize or whatever. That'd be great, but, but just the little things that we do can simply change somebody's life. Just the little things we say, the word of encouragement here, this, that, whatever it might be, just changing ourselves So although it's a big task, actually it might be easier than we think. I've got a little bit of advice from my friend, Kid President, and um, Simon's going to put that on for me now. He's going to talk to us about changing the world. Thank you. There are lots of ideas how you can change 
change the world. Some people think you should just complain about it. I won't change the world. I'll just make it bad. Some people think you have to have lots of money, money. Make it rain everywhere you go. Holler for a dollar. Some people think you have to be really loud and yell a lot. It's like with a bullhorn shouting. Hey, you, yeah, you. Do it my way right now. You heard? Other people choose to just make fun of everything. That's dumb, that's dumb, everyone's dumb. It's easier to make fun of stuff, but it's cooler to make stuff. Some people think changing the world can only be done by the smartest person in the world. Just put them in a room, let them figure it out. The solution of world hunger? Food. Wow, that was like so amazing. Some people see the bad in the world and they just decide to ignore it. But that won't help anything. Some people think you have to be really famous and super cool. In fact, lots of people think you have to be really powerful to make a difference. Like being mayor or senator or president. But the truth is, a title doesn't make you more important. The world is changed by you. It's one person filled with love. And they just have to live it out so they do something awesome. Then that person is filled with love and they do something awesome. It just goes on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, everything's awesome. Some people think it's impossible to change the world. It's impossible to change the world. Well, you can see why they could think that. Living in a world with kids who are hungry, people who are homeless, families weren't happy. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, man. I do know this, though. Next time you feel overwhelmed or totally alone, remember this. Things don't have to be the way they are. The world is changed by ordinary people. Little people living out big love. And that's what gives the world a reason to dance. So, how do we change the world? At the start of the year... Thank you. Little people living out big love. I think that's quite a good statement. Little people living out big love. And so that's it, really. That's the mission statement. Simply, love God, love others. Because, you know, we're already doing it. We've already brought into it. So we're just going to keep on doing that. We're just going to keep on being a witness to other people as they see our love for one another. But we've gone a little bit further in in setting out a little plan, and you'll see that in the document as you read it, about what that looks like of loving God and loving others. And we've broken it down into two areas that are really simple for us to remember, which is ministry and mission. It's what we're doing, so it's really just to clarify that. Ministry and mission. Ministry is the worship, the pastoral, the fellowship. Mission is about our personal evangelism, about the Guernsey community, our island of reaching out and the world. And that's what we want to focus on. And just put everything that we're doing already and all that we're going to do in the future into these different categories. So that actually, whatever we do, whatever comes out of our church, fits into our values. Does it fit into that? Because if it doesn't, then maybe it's not the right thing. And if somebody were to ask, what's Delancey all about? Then it's simply this. It's about loving God and loving others. It's about ministry and it's about mission. We're not just focused on ourselves. 
We're not just focused on our own walk with God and how we're spiritually developing ourselves, but we're not also, we're not just focused on community and reaching out. It's both. It's, it's equal. It's about being people who are aware of our own discipleship journey, our own, our own faith, our own development, and that we grow in that and we become all that we can possibly become for God. But we're also thinking outwardly and we're also mission-minded and we're also looking to people and to others. So it's both. It's not either or. It's equal. That we become worshippers, that we do everything we can to create that atmosphere of worship through our songs, through our Bible reading, through our prayer and develop those things. That we're disciples, like I said, that we focus on the pastoral and that's about discipleship. And Elam this year have been really emphasising the fact that the idea of discipleship. And I think that's really important for us as a church to think about our own personal discipleship and how we're developing our own personal relationship with God. What does that look like? Are we, are we closer to God today than we were last week, last month, last year? Have we, have we changed? Have we developed? Have we gone further? Are we doing something new? Are we keeping things fresh in our devotional life? Are we reading the Bible? Are we praying? Where are we today? And I think that's so important to think about our own discipleship and thinking about being whole life disciples, seeing everything as a ministry. Sometimes it's easy to feel guilty that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing enough here in the building. But actually all that we are and all that we do is ministry. You know, it, it's our whole life. So if you're in the workplace or you're at home with the children, whatever it is, that's ministry. It's about being a disciple in that place. And serving God and being the best friend we can be, the best partner we can be, the best son, daughter, whatever it is that we can possibly be. Because that's honouring to God. It's an act of worship. And to be people who fellowship. To be people who spend time with one another. And that's why we put lunch on today, so that we can be together. Because it's great in a Sunday service like this, but you don't always get to chat and fellowship quite the same. And then we want to be people who are mission-minded. People who are confident about sharing our faith. And we want to, in the future, in the church, bring in ideas about evangelism and what we can do and how we can, we can grow in that. And so we're not afraid to speak out and share our faith. But that we're confident in that. And that we connect with our community and we reach out. And we're doing that already. And um, we're going to be sharing next week a little bit about that. But we want to grow that and develop that further and reach out to the world and not forget that we are part of something much bigger than just our little congregation here or the congregation in Guernsey. You know, it's much, much bigger. And we have people that we can support around the world and care for and love. So it's pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward. And we just want to just reiterate and go again and say, yeah, you know, our value is love God's and love others. It's about ministry. It's about mission. And from that, we will see what we want to see for the future. So what I'm going to ask to do, I've finished now, but I finished early on purpose, a little bit earlier than normal, because here today, we are just looking, the, yeah, just looking to check who's here. We are the Delancey family. We are all normally here. So I can feel confident to say, I want us to turn into a little group and just for five minutes we're going to pray and we're going to pray together 
for the future of our church and for us as a, as a community. And with the things I've just been sharing about today and talking about today, let's just pray into that for a moment. Okay, so just turn to somebody. And if you don't feel comfortable praying out loud, that's fine. Don't worry. Just pray. God can hear our prayers, whether we're speaking them, whether we're thinking them, whatever it might be. Okay? So let's just spend five minutes or so. And um, we'll pray together. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. I'm going to invite the worship group to come back. We're going to sing a final song and we'll take up the offering as we do that. But let us stand. And what I love about God is this, that we don't need qualifications, that he doesn't ask us to have been or done anything, but actually... There's only one thing that God asks for, and that's our availability. That's all that we need. It's a good job, because otherwise I'd never be used by God. So it's our availability that God is looking for. And we can all give that. So, Father God, I thank you for your word to us this morning, Lord. I thank you for this church. I thank you that we can be a part of this. And you have chosen us to be together as a family. And you've chosen us so that you can do great things through us. And we can make ourselves available. And we say, Lord, here we are. Will you use us? Little people, but we want to we give out big love. And it's not always easy, God. But I thank you that you're on our side. And we want to love you with everything. All that we are every part of us we want to love you with every part of us to honour you by reaching out and being the people we should be giving to others, serving others loving others let our words and our speech be kind and gracious and loving, let our actions be honouring to you and I thank you for what's ahead for our future that you want to take us further and deeper into the things of yourself you want to show and reveal yourself more to us and all you ask is that we become available to you for you to use to move so we do that today Lord we commit ourselves again to you I pray that you would bless each person here, each member of our congregation that may not be here today, but wherever they are, Lord, I pray a blessing upon them and a new wave of your spirit and a new anointing to do new things in you, Lord. We thank you for all that's been, we thank you for all that is, and we thank you for all that's to come. In your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.